Hello and welcome to Studs Up, the podcast diving in with two feet to tackle all the hot topics in the footballing world. My name is Alex Burrow and joining me as always, uh, Dylan Rowe. Hello. And Lachlan Woodley. Hey. How are you guys going? It's been a while. It has been a hot minute. Not going too bad. Had some time off to do some... To do nothing. Like do nothing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure something I'd do, but I mean, I worked a bit, but yeah. You that. worked? No way. I thought you didn't have a job. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I no longer am Arsenal's uh, technical director, so. You wish you were. <laughs> Let's be honest. You couldn't even get out of their mess. Damn uh, it. <laughs> God. Well, we have had a bit of a. A period away for a few weeks we've been sorting out some scheduling issues so from now on we're going to be recording every two weeks so we'll have some new content for you every fortnight but on today's show we're going to be taking a look at our premier league team of the season so far so we're just over halfway through the premier league season now uh, coming to the pointy end of things so we thought we'd take a look at some of the players that have been performing pretty well and consistently for this year Basically, we're going to run through position by position and give our suggestions and then decide on who makes a team as a collective. So we'll assume that we're going to use a 4-3-3 formation, which means four defenders, three midfielders and three forwards. At the end, we might find we've got a few players we wanted to include but couldn't. So maybe we'll look at putting them on the bench. Um, But without any further ado, we'll kick it off with our suggestions for goalkeeper so who have you got dylan uh my goalkeeper is emiliano martinez from aston villa so uh stat wise he's second in the league for clean sheets uh with 12 so far he's only behind edison from man city obviously city are flying at the moment in the premier league so it's hard to stop them but to be second Amongst uh, some of the big teams in the league, and especially that the rest of the top six, uh, that's quite fair, especially for Villa's defence and Martinez himself. Uh, his fourth in saves made so far of 89, uh, and that is only 10 behind Sam Johnstone from West Brom with 99. So clearly he deserves to be in the conversation, at least as one of the best goalkeepers this year. And for me, he is probably him and Edison are the two, and I've chose him over Edison. Yeah, well, I've actually gone for Martinez as well for basically the same reason. So have you got another suggestion, Lockie, or do you agree that we should stick um, with Martinez? Well, I think like we were talking about before that I would have gone something different. So I've gone Emilio Martinez. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. What? <laughs> Sorry, have I missed something here? No, 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 no. No, I've actually got Martinez. No, I've gone the same route as... um. As you guys as well. Okay, cool. All right. Well, good to see that we're we're in agreement <laughs> for the first one. You confused me a bit there for a sec. <laughs> oh, I thought I might just throw in a quick um curveball, but throw throw in a curveball. It's not, okay. so, so goalkeeper's about to hire. Oh yeah. I don't know. Very, the man, very... I didn't know that Man United signed Martinez. When did that happen? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can't oh. believe we've signed an actual good goalkeeper. Oh dear. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move it on. Um, how about? We move from left to right across the defence. So we'll start with our left backs. Lockie, do you want to kick it off then? Oh, of course. I would love to kick it off for you. All right. So this 
may be seen as very biased and very controversial to some people, but for my left back, my left back spot, I've put in Luke Shaw as he has had, in my opinion, a pretty outstanding season so far. Not only like defensively, but you know, attacking wise as well. Like the ability to move the ball around, produce great goal scoring opportunities. He's been quite great in that position this season. So like defensive wise, he's been averaging around 1.5 tackles per 90. He's also been averaging around 1.7 clearances per 90 and only 0.6 interceptions per 90. And as I was saying before, attacking wise, been really solid, like racking up five assists, four being from crossing the ball into the box and one being a set piece. Um, so he's been one of the players to go to down that left-hand side to not only lock out some of the uh, great wingers this season. Like I remember maybe a few seasons ago, like Salah was the great player that season, just completely had him in his pocket the entire game and couldn't even score. So he's been one of those players this season who can just lock out some of those great attacking players and also produce those goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I think that Luke Shaw's had a pretty good season um, and definitely it's kind of a renaissance for him given his trouble with injuries over the last few years. It's, and... it's been quite um, sad, so to speak, because, you know, we brought in another left-back with Tellez and he's not even going to... He's not really started in the Premier League at all this season because Shaw's been great. So yeah, exactly. And that, that kind of speaks to the level that he's come he's come to. Mm. Um, but I've actually gone for James Justin from Leicester as my left back. So Justin's been putting up 2.7 tackles a game and 1.3 clearances. He's contributed three goals this season, which is okay, but not fantastic. So two goals, one assist. Um, and, you know, while his other numbers aren't particularly outstanding he's been really important to Leicester this year um, especially at the start of the year the fullback pairing was Castagna on the left and Ricardo Pereira at the, on the right um, but then obviously Pereira got injured for a significant amount of time so Justin came in at the left and uh, Castagna went out to the right and now that Pereira has come back and he's fit um, Justin still kept his spot and Pereira's just pushed further up the park as a as a winger or a wide midfielder. So I think that for a team that's currently sitting in third and um, the fact that Justin is still so young as well and he's managed to come in and make such a such an impact or have such an impact for Leicester and be so crucial to the consistency, for me, I think he's been one of the outstanding left-backs this year. But what do you think, Dylan? Who have you got? Uh, my... Option for left back is maybe not the first choice, but I felt that he deserves in the conversation. I'll go for Aaron Cresswell from West Ham. Uh, he's tied currently with Luca Dino for the most assists amongst fullbacks uh, this season with six. And obviously, Dino has been playing a lot of the left wing uh, as of late. So, considering that Cresswell's played as a defender for most of the year and to be tied with six assists amongst that position, uh, it's a fair effort. And I think West Ham in general have have done a very good job this year of really surprising a lot of people. And currently they're in fourth place. So obviously they're doing quite well. And I think uh, West Ham are tied for seventh best defense of the league. So it, it really shows that like, obviously another player in my team coming up will be from West Ham as well. Um, but it shows that like West Ham in general, all over the park have had a great season. I think Cresswell has been a, a big part of that. So yeah, that's my nomination. Yeah. 
Okay, well, we've all gone for someone different, which makes this a little bit difficult. That's fine, we'll figure it out. But I'm happy to um, withdraw James Justin from the conversation just because he hasn't been like particularly outstanding with his own numbers. He's kind of been, you know, just part of the system. So I guess then we're kind of leaning either Chris. I'm or... happy to go with Luke Shaw. I think I think that a lot of people didn't expect, like you said, didn't expect him to have this good of a season considering last night Tellez. So I'm happy to go with Luke yeah. Shaw. I think he's had a good season. I think yeah. that that signing's really just boosted his morale to actually perform better. Yeah, so it's like it's kind of pushed him to actually work hard and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm happy with that. I'm happy to go for Luke Shaw. So any greens? Yeah. Cool. All right. So we're going for Luke Shaw from Manchester United at left back. So we'll move across to our centre backs. Um, we can do this. You can do this. We can do this individually, or we can do this as a pairing. It's up to you guys. But I'll start first. So I will actually present this as a pairing because my two centre back suggestions are John Stones and Ruben Diaz from Manchester City. And for me, they've been quite clearly the best centre-backs in the league this year. And part of the they're obviously part of the best defence as well. City have kept 15 clean sheets this season. John Stones has contributed to 12 of those, and Diaz has contributed to 13 of them. So Stones has also scored two goals. Diaz hasn't contributed to any goals, but both players have also been averaging around 85 passes a game at about 93% completion rate. So that's really high efficiency and really consistent as well. Um, I think the signing of Ruben Diaz, when it happened, everybody was a little bit unsure because he was coming out of the Portuguese league, even though he'd been highly rated for a number of years. But the fact that he's come in, been able to uh, fill... Laporte's role and position while he was injured, Laporte being one of, if not the um, most outstanding defender uh, last season or, or, you know, over the last couple of years um, since he signed with City. He's not only filled that role while he was injured, but he's also come in and kept Laporte out of the side, basically. Um, Laporte having to come in and play left back at some points or come in just as a rotational player. And then John Stones as well. A lot of people thought that his time at Manchester City was coming to an end within the last couple of years just because he dropped off a bit and he was struggling. But he's really stepped up his game a lot and he's been probably, the I would say, the most consistently high-performing player in that City squad this season. So... For me, I have to take them as a pair. Um, they've just been the outstanding defensive partnership in the, in the league for me this year. So whether we want to go with one of them or both of them, it's up to you guys. But I'm happy to happy to listen to other offers. But for me, they've, they've definitely been the best two this year. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Like that pairing, it's it's been a great pair this season. I'd went on a sort of similar route. I didn't have John Stones in my life. I did have Ruben Diaz. But he has been that sort of player that no one really expected to do well this season since coming from the Portuguese league, like you said. But he's been like outstanding to fill in the role of Laporte, who's been great the last 
few seasons at City and he's come into a new team and just made a massive difference in that defensive lineup. And like you were saying, just basically shut Laporte out of the lineup, even though he's been great for him like the past few seasons. But um, I mean, the other centre back I went for was um, Tarkovsky for Burnley. Like I mean, Burnley have been that great this season at all. Like they've been, they've conceded I think like nearly thirty goals this season. But um, but stats wise, just and just watching him, it, it seems that Tarkovsky is one of those sort of shining lights in that defence in the twenty three appearances that he made. You know, he's averaging around two tackles per ninety, one point three interceptions, and four point four clearances per ninety. Like compared with some of the other defenders in that back line, it seems like he's really holding that sort of uh, that defense together. Considering they have conceded that many goals this season, mm. yeah, especially uh, a couple of you know a few years ago, people were talking about Ben Mee as being the the better of the two. But of over the last few seasons, Tarkovsky's definitely displayed that he's been the more consistent of them as well and the less injury prone as well which is very important for a team like Burnley to have that consistency in their team yeah yeah what do you what do you reckon Dylan uh yeah I think I agree with you Alex it's kind of hard to go apart not go uh for Ruben Diaz and John Stones obviously they got the best defense in the league of 15 clay sheets but the only other player forward off that could potentially be out there would be a Vestergaard from Southampton Okay. Uh, so he's got three goals in the league this year, all from set pieces. It's obviously a big threat there with Ward Prowse and Vestergaard. Uh, they got seven clean sheets, so only half of what C has got, but he's got great defensive numbers on his own. Uh, he's got four clearances a game, uh, two tackles and 1.5 interceptions. So obviously I, I think that Stones and Diaz are probably the, the better pairing and have performed a bit better this year, but I, I think Vestergaard's at least worth worth a shout um, for his output so far this season. So, yeah, I mean he's definitely come into his own this year as well. I mean, since Van Dyke left, people have kind of questioned whether or not Southampton have been able to replace him, and Vestergaard was a bit inconsistent. But definitely this year, he's kind of um, he's stepped up and shown that he's been able to um, Im- improve Southampton's defensive line, especially. Um, as the team's improved as well. But yeah, okay. So what do you guys... Um, well, I think we're all in agreement that Ruben Diaz is going to be in that yeah, team. Yeah, so definitely Diaz. And then do we want John Stones or Vestergaard or Tarkovsky? I'm happy to eliminate Tarkovsky out of line since Burnley has been quite terrible. I so. think, it, like I said, it's hard. Uh, they were my original two, John Stones and Diaz. I think that they've just been... The city in general, their defence has been... Uh, it's just strong. been an absolute rock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So John Stones and Ruben Diaz then? Yep. Yeah. I'm happy with that. All right. Cool. Well, we'll move on to right back then. Um, Dylan, what have you got? Uh, my right back, continuing on the city uh, trend, I got Cancelo. Uh, obviously, like we mentioned, he's been a part of that defense. So he's got 15 clay sheets. Uh, he's also often pretty solid attacking output with three assists this season. So I think, yeah, uh, there might other be other, there might still be other options uh, potentially for that position, but I, I think that Cancelo has been, been great this year. And considering the fact that when he first signed, he couldn't really find a spot in that starting lineup with Walker starting. And he's really made the position his own this year. So I think it's hard to go past Cancelo there. 
Yeah, I, I w- once again, I'm in agreement with you there. I've gone for Cancelo as well. I initially had Cancelo as my left back option because he just played a lot of minutes there, but he's also played plenty enough, and his natural position is at right back as well. Um, so to kind of expand a little bit, yeah, he's contributed to a few goals, one goal, two assists. It's okay, and it's not um, fantastic output, but it's it's fine in a city side that's pretty top heavy and reliant on the midfield anyway. He's completing 2.1 tackles and 1.6 interceptions as well, which is actually pretty phenomenal in a side that's really strong defensively already and they hold a lot of possession. So there aren't really a lot of opportunities for, uh, especially, you know, for defenders to, um, to build that kind of, those kinds of stats up, Um, especially, yeah, like, like I said, in a, in a high possession side, um, and he's also got a pretty high pass accuracy and he's putting up 2.7 long balls per 90 as well, which is impressive. So for me, um, I mean, it's a bit of a weird, weird, weird role that Pep's been playing him in, floating in kind of into the midfield. But yeah, for me, Cancelo has been the outstanding fullback this season, let alone left or right back. So for me, that's a no brainer, but lucky have you got anything different? Um, I went on a different I went down, I looked at um, Kufel as an option at right back this season. And I just feel that like, West Ham have been another another one of those teams that really surprised a few people this season. Like sitting in fifth place this season, you know, that he's been one of those standout players that just not only in the defense, but just in the team in general. Like at the start of the season, you saw him on the, like as I think it was man of the match one game. He's got three assists in the league so far. He's averaging around like 1.3 key passes this season. And like in defense wise as well, he's, he's averaging around 2.5 tackles per 90, 1.3 interceptions per 90 and, like, <clears throat> and 2.7 clearances per 90. So he's been um, for me, one of the sort of surprise players for me this season. He got bought in by West Ham this season by, Think for all in like nine million, eight, nine million pounds or whatever it was, but he's been one of those surprise players this season. So I just thought I might put him into the lineup. Yeah, I definitely think he deserves to be in the conversation. I really like him as well. I like what they're doing at West Ham um, as well. So, wow, you like what West Ham's doing? That's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit, but they've done well this season. Um, but I, I think that we're two against one here. For I, I happily agree with Cancelo. I just thought that like you were saying, Kufu's definitely a part of the conversation as one of the, yeah. Like, so I think prize right back. Maybe what we should do then is give him our first bench spot. Maybe that's probably an option. Yeah. Because I, I think he's, he's been really good. He, he's deserving of that. So we'll chuck him on the bench, but We'll move into our midfield now. So we have three midfielders and it's kind of anyone's choice as to what you want to pick, whether you want to pick a balanced midfield or you want to go all tens or all defensive midfielders or whatever. But uh, Dylan, why don't you just uh, chuck us your first midfielder? Okay, so my first midfielder, as I alluded to before, I had a level West End player in it. I'm going to put Suchek in as my first midfielder. Oh, God. <laughs> Go on. Uh, he has eight goals in the CDM, all from centre mid. Uh, 
half centimetre, half centimetre, and, and that contribution alone is is outstanding considering that a lot of people didn't know who he was before the season even started. So to have eight goals uh, is quite impressive. Uh, he's also leading West Ham's shots taken, uh, shots on target, and is also third for tackles one uh, behind Declan Russ and Kufal, we talked about before. Uh, I think just a general Sushek and West Ham, as, as I said before, I've just have been a surprise this season. And I think that many players have been a contribution of that. And I think Suchek is one of them. So, yeah, he's my first midfielder nomination. I should have mentioned at the start, before we started recording, that we haven't actually discussed who we've chosen for these positions. Yeah, we, it just, we decided to all just make it a big surprise for all of us. Yeah, and as we're going, it's seeming that well, especially Dylan and I, we're thinking along the same lines quite a lot because, surprise, surprise, I've also gone for Suchek. <laughs> He's just been... We didn't like West Ham. But I like their players, man. Some of their signings this year have been so much better than they have been it's over been the last... It's been a real big surprise because most of their years. signings have been dreadful. Like, yeah, o- over the last seasons. few years. Yeah, for sure. And this that, like, over the last year and a half or so, They've seemed to really nail quite a few. I mean, of course, there have been a few that haven't worked out very well. Um, like Seb Haller, that didn't really work out. I don't really know whether you can say Pablo Fornells has worked out yet. But, um, but yeah, like Suchek has been one of the best signings, you know, for, for a mid, mid to lower table club in a long time. I like he he's been fantastic. Like Dylan said, he's playing defensive midfield, centre midfield, and he's played a few games as an attacking midfielder as well. He's got eight goals, one point nine tackles, one point five interceptions, two point eight clearances as well. And he's it's just been crucial to West Ham's strength and their continued consistency as well. And I think I, I read something um maybe about a year ago now saying that Suchek could become David Moyes' new Marouane Fellaini when he had Fellaini at Everton as that kind of destroyer in the middle of the park and then able to get forward and score. And that's exactly what he's been. Like the comparison, you know, as an Everton fan, Marouane Fellaini was fantastic for us. I loved him. And the comparison, when I heard that, I thought that's really, that's really intriguing. That's really exciting. And it just seems that that's the way it's worked out. So for me, he's been one of the outstanding midfielders this season. Well, um, I've gone on a different route. Okay. <laughs> All right. So as you guys already know, Bruno Fernandes is probably not only the best player in the league, but the best player in the entire universe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Can you not go? Because it's true. There we go. <laughs> no, nah, but seriousness. Yeah, so far this season, Bruno's got 15 goals this season, which is second to Salah, sadly, who has 17 goals this season. He also has 10 assists this season, who is second to Harry Kane, who has 11. And there's many people would like to tell me Bruno only scores goals from the penalty spot. But I would like to tell you this, that he only averages 1.3 goals per 90 from the penalty spot, so you're wrong. Sorry, what? One point three goals per ninety from the Premier League spot. What the from the penalty spot? From the Premier League, yeah. 
Exactly. So it's not all of his goals. So you reckon he's scoring he's scoring one point three <laughs> penalties per ninety? Yes. I don't think a, that adds up, a, mate. Have you got a problem with that? Has he only played fifteen games? One well, one point three of his goals are from the penalty spot. That's what it is. If that makes sense. That's what he's averaging. Anyway, let's just move on. Okay, move on. That doesn't what a confusing make sense. Start. <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all. Because well, he's played... <laughs> you, can, you can blame the websites for that. <laughs> okay, all right, go on. That doesn't but, um, make sense at all. But go on. I know it doesn't, but it doesn't. That doesn't matter. But moving on, passing wise, he's he's averaging around two point eight key passes per ninety, and he's also averaging around three point three shots per ninety. And I think this season he uh, he has one or two. Player of the Month awards this season, so clearly he's been an outstanding player, not only for United but just in the league in general. And if you disagree, you're not a true Premier League fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, my um, I've already with what have I done? I've, we've already talked about Suchek, so I guess my next suggestion then will be. Ilki Gundogan, who has okay. been incredible this year. He's scored 11 goals. He's got one assist. So he hasn't been overly creative in terms of uh, helping other people score. But this is his best goal-scoring campaign of his career. I mean, what is there really to say? He's been outstanding. He's been one of the best players in the league to be honest, let alone midfielders. He's always on the end of something. He's always in the build-up for something. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I put him in my squad as well. I'm, I'll happily agree with you that Gundogan's been an outstanding player this season, like you're saying, 11 goals. And he's got a player of the month award as well. Like He's just been one of those big surprise players this season because like past few seasons, he's sort of been a bit quiet hmm. when he came from Dawn. But this season, he's been really just tearing it up in the midfield and just scoring left, right, and center. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that he's um, he's definitely got to be in the conversation for team of the season. Yeah. Uh, especially at this point. I mean, this is up until now, and we'll see what happens with the, the back end of the season. But for now, it's definitely, for me, has to be in that conversation. Yeah. But I think, yeah, we've got a couple more each, so we'll keep going on. Dylan, who else have you got? Uh well my next midfielder was actually good one so <laughs> okay like said, so we're all in agreement there he's okay. just going to say and I think it's hard not to put him in no, it's, it's old goal contributions uh, yep. City's top goal scorer okay so who's your last one then uh my last midfielder is uh Bruno Fernandez uh <laughs> hang on can I just add something in here that Gundogan has actually averaged more goals from the penalty spot than Bruno so. So my next player is Fernandez this season. How is that possible? What do you mean, how is that possible? Okay. <laughs> Lucky's it's a... just facts. I don't know if you're reading the stats properly, bud. I am. I can send a screenshot. He's delusional. Okay, move it on. It's not delusional. It's just <laughs> facts. All I right, can argue on. about this all day. All right, go on. Like Lockie said before, Bruno... Uh, He's, he's obviously been outstanding this year. He's got his second in goal, scored 15. Uh, taking the most shots out of any player in the league. Uh, also has 10 assists, put him second. Uh, I mean, it's just hard not to put him in the team as much as uh, I don't like United. Uh, 
I think he has talking to be about... in there. Everyone loves United. Okay, so Lockie, you talk about your next player, and then I'll, uh, okay. I'll look up Bruno's pen stats. Please do it, <laughs> and you sh- and it will show that I was right. Anyway, for my third spot, it's it's pretty hard for me not to in- include him into the squad. I'm not. I'm, hopefully, Alex would agree with this, but. Um, I put in Kevin De Bruyne as my third spot this season. Like, uh, he hasn't really. I think he was injured at the start of the season. He hasn't really been playing a lot this season. But when he has been playing, he's got three goals, ten assists in this season. He averages around three point three shots per ninety, three point one key passes per ninety. He's also completed one point eight dribbles per ninety. <clears throat> and um, like sometimes when I even like look at the city lineups and watch games as well, like he's been playing at that uh, more forward position, like striker sort of centre forward positions in the lineup. So he's obviously been not just playing an attacking mid, he's been playing uh, wherever he's best suited in Pep's system this season. Did you find the stats? Okay, so what did you say he was averaging for penalties? 1.3. 1.3 penalty goals per game. Well, no. Did you go per ninety? You can change it. That's the same, bud. That's basically the same. But he's averaging zero point five expected goals per ninety. Yeah. So already that stats wrong. Yeah. And he's averaging zero point two four non penalty goals. So half of his goals, <laughs> expected goals, are penalties per ninety. Oh. Expected per ninety. Whoa! Look. What? What is that uh, stat? That means mean, he what have, is that, stat? that means he will have scored one point three penalties per game. Yeah. What's wrong with that? But he hasn't even scored a goal a game. Whoa! Look. Okay, and then Gundogan. Gundogan to compare it has is averaging. 0.47 expected goals per 90. So that's less, 0.3% less. So 0.03% less. But he's averaging 0.38 non-penalty goals per 90. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, God, in front of me. <laughs> Bruno scored 15 goals if he was averaging 1.3 penalties per game. Yeah. Then he would have over 25 goals. Well... In my mind, he does. <laughs> you're just jealous that you don't have Bruno, and we do. I think you're a bit confused, mate. No, no, no. Anyway, I'm all right, I'm... my last player that I would like to... Oh, hang on. I've lost my script. It's completely gone. Anyway, if I can find it, there it is. My last player that I wanted to talk about has actually played quite a lot as a left winger but when I was building out my team I needed to slot him into the midfield and that is Jack Grealish Grealish has for me been the best or arguably the best player in the league this season he's scored six goals contributed 10 assists he's taking 2.1 shots per game making 3.4 key passes and completing 2.8 dribbles. And he's also fouled 4.5 times a game, winning set pieces for Aston Villa. For, for me, he's been one of the 
well, he's been the outstanding creative player in the league, if not, and, and potentially the player of the season for me. So that's who I'm putting forward for my midfield. Um, but maybe because it seems like we have, we do have an agreed midfield. Um, we can talk about him again when we talk about our forwards. But I've been kind of keeping track of what we're what we've been agreeing on. So it seems like the agreed midfield is Suchek, Gundawan, and Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, I can agree. Is that, that right? Yeah, I can yeah. agree with that. Okay, so I'll slot them in here so we don't forget and yeah we'll move on to our forwards i guess so Lockie, who have you got as your first forward uh well starting at left wing i've gone for son okay uh he's made 18 appearances on the left hand side of uh Tottenham's lineup this season he's racked up around 11 goals and six assists and um i think like we we're talking before alex we're looking at um the premier league assisted goal scorer stat and we're looking at Son and Keynes and they were just like absolutely outstanding with nine goals between like Kane assisting Son this season it was just outstanding because the next one was um Watkins and Grealish at four so Mm. obviously Son's just been great with especially with Kane this season yeah I think they've combined in total for 13 goals so Kane's assisted Son nine times and Son's assisted Kane Four times. Yeah. Yeah. They've just been an absolute, just one of those dynamic duos this season in Tottenham's lineup. And well, Son averages around 1.7 shots per 90, one key pass per 90. Uh, and especially with the start that they had this season, like beating us 6 6 1. Can't get over that. But Son <laughs> would, <laughs> Son was one of those big players, like, and it was as well as Kane in that game as well. So I feel that Son has been one of those, not only just this season, but just been an outstanding player for Tottenham the past few seasons. But this season, he's just been great. Yeah. Well, I've also put Son in there as my left winger. I think basically you've you've summarised it pretty well. Alongside Kane, he's been the key to Spurs' attack all year. I know that they've kind of slowed down a little bit lately, but still been ultra consistent. Yeah, so for, uh, for me, it's hard to argue that he shouldn't be part of the team. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, uh, I don't actually have Son as my left uh, winger, but I'll put him as my right. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you guys. It's hard to put him and uh, uh, not make a team of the season and not put him in the side. Uh, obviously, his contribution has been great. Uh, even Kane, playing with Kane, he's been... Him and Kane have both been outstanding this year and he deserves to be in the team, clearly. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so I think that Sun's going in at left or right. We'll decide. Um, well, I think that... We'll decide after. Yeah, we'll decide after. Once we've heard all the forwards. Yeah. So who's your next forward then, Dylan? Uh, I'll go with my striker. Uh, my striker... Oh. I'd Deciding of Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's hard not to go past him. He's got 24 goal contributions in 22 games, 13 uh, goals, 11 assists, nearly four shots per 90. 
which is tied uh, second behind Bruno. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what would you say, really? He's just been, been outstanding this season. And, uh, he clearly deserves to be the striker for the team season so far. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I was a little bit hesitant to put him in as well just because I thought, um, you know, Tottenham have been not great over the last few weeks and obviously Kane did miss a little bit of time out with injury. But you look at his stats and it's ridiculous to have double-digit goal contributions in both, go- um, in both goals and assists. As the transformation of Kane under Jose Mourinho has been pretty like pretty outstanding. I think at the start of the season, he was on track to have 20 goals, 20 assists. I mean, if, if he'd not got injured and the Spurs form had stayed like that, then that would have been fantastic. But um, yeah, 100%, I think that Kane should be in there. The other player... Well, there's a couple actually that I was debating whether or not I should put in. Um, and that's... Jamie Vardy and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Vardy, for me, like he, he's a bit of an enigma. And he's one of those players that's consistently up there. But for some reason, I still feel like he's overlooked a little bit. Maybe it's because he is the penalty taker for Leicester. So, I mean, he's got 12 goals this season and half of his goals have come from penalties. Um, but he, he's still, like, he's 34 now, I think. And he's still consistently contributing to goals for Leicester and they'd be nowhere without him. And then Calvert-Lewin as well. Obviously, he has those little purple patches where he scores every every game or so and then he'll go dry for a little period. But he's got 13 goals scored this season and Everton are just a mess when he's not playing, to be honest. he Even when he's not scoring, he's making runs, he's getting into the box, he's getting his head to chances. I you know, as an Everton fan, it's fantastic to have a striker that can actually score again. Um, but yeah, so those two are my kind of alternate suggestions, maybe bench options, but I have to agree that Kane has been the outstanding striker. So who else do you guys have for the forward line? Uh, well, for me, I like you were saying, Alex, with Kane, I've actually gone with Vardy as my striker, but Again, I, I I do agree with you guys that Kane has been outstanding this season. Like, like what we were saying before, like Son and Kane, they've been that dynamic duo in the forward line for Tottenham this season. So I happily agree that Vardy can be in that starting lineup for uh, team of the season. But I think like you were saying before, Alex, like Vardy is overlooked a few times and um, half his goals have come from the penalty spot. But, um, you know, he still has racked up five assists in the 10 appearance, 18 appearances he's made, sorry. Um, but yeah, well, I think maybe he's a good option for the bench. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have anyone else, Dylan, Lockie? Uh, well, on my right option, I've actually gone for Mares. Okay. Uh, to me, he's been another one of those standout players for City this season. He's averaged. Oh, he's got. Sorry, he's he's racked up around six goals and three assists this season. And he's averaging around 1.9 shots per 90, 1.7 key passes per 90. And just the 13 appearances that he's made on the right-hand side of City's lineup. And I only sort of really picked him, not only because he's been um, great this season, but I just sort of 
like link up that Vardy Myers sort of uh, duo once again, like we've seen at Leicester before. Yeah, cool. Do you have anyone else, Dylan? Uh, my only other attacker was actually Jack Grealish. Like, okay. Um, you said before, I think that he's obviously played majority of his time of season on the left. Uh, his stats have been have been great. Like he said, six goals, ten assists. Um, he clearly deserves to be in there, whether it's as a midfielder or left, a winger. It's kind of up for debate, but um, yeah, I, I think he definitely deserves to be there. So. Yeah, I I've obviously would love to have Grealish in the side. But the other obvious option that I think we have to talk about, and I didn't really want to talk about him, but we have to talk about Mo Salah. Just, he's just the league's just just don't talk about him. We he's the league's to. he's the league's top goal scorer though. He's got seventeen goals this season, and while he hasn't been overly creative, the rut that Liverpool are in at the moment would be a lot darker if Mo Salah wasn't in the side, because he's still the one that seems to be able to score goals for them, even when they're in trouble. Yes, he does have six penalty goals as well, but that's the same number as Vardy. And he scored an additional 11. Sorry. He scored an additional um, number of goals as well. So with 17 goals, I think he's only got one assist maybe, but he's still been really important to Liverpool Three assists, there you go. He's still been really important to Liverpool this season. And look, I kind of feel like maybe we're leaning not towards not putting him in. <clears throat> but I think that's maybe more of a reflection of Liverpool's season than his own personal season. Sure. I don't know. I don't want to put him in, but I also feel like we have to. Let's just not put him in. I think he definitely deserves a bench spot. Um Yeah. If he's not, like clearly, like I said, he's a top goal scorer. He hasn't got a lot of assists, but I mean, he's got 17 goals. So I think he, he definitely deserves to be, um, if not in the starting lineup, on the bench. Okay. Why, why don't right. we just compromise and put him on the reserves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll put him on the bench then. So, slotting this in. I think we'll go with Sun on the right. And Grealish on the left. Is that yeah. are we in agreement? Yeah. 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 Okay. So get the subs up. In that case, I think we've got Martinez in goal. Luke Shaw, Ruben Diaz, John Stones, and Jao Cancelo as our back four. Our midfield of Thomas Suchek, Bruno Fernandez, and Ilki Gundawan. And then our front three of Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, and Hyunmin Son. And then on the bench, we've got Vladimir Kufal, we've got Calvert-Lewin, Jamie Vardy, Mo Salah. And then were any of the midfielders you guys wanting to chuck on the bench as well? Uh, none really actually come to mind. I thought the only other attacker that uh, I thought was a bit harsh maybe would be Bamford potentially. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, he does have well. thirteen goals, which is the same as Cavett Law. And obviously, Leeds are. I think they're ten for eleven, so they're not doing outstanding. But he's been the one player that's kind of been consistently scoring for them. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll um, we can chuck him on the bench as well. We've got a very top-heavy bench. 
yeah a lot of a lot of options coming off the bench not much anywhere else but i think that's more to the fact that we were kind of in agreement with with you could maybe say up. kevin de bruyne as well like. true yeah we can put de bruyne in all right all right let's do that then i'll chuck that in we'll probably need a back and another goalkeeper wouldn't we Ah, uh, it's fine. Martinez is fine. <laughs> I mean, if you needed a goalkeeper, you could either just say Edison, but you don't really. Do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with that lineup. It's very city heavy. We have got four I city mean, players not, starting. That was never going to be a big surprise. That is true. That's true. No Leicester players. They're in third. Two Tottenham players who are not in the top. Wait, no Leicester players. Not in the starting lineup. Oh, okay. And then no Liverpool players in the starting lineup either. Oh, what a shame. Oh, no. No Chelsea players either, actually. We didn't even discuss a single Chelsea player. They're still in fifth, aren't they? It's just like, it's hard to pick one that's been. There's been no standout player. Yeah, like massively Mm. standout. I mean, Tommy has six goals. That's not actually that much compared to. Yes, true. They haven't been they haven't been that fantastic. I mean, lately they've actually been quite decent. They haven't conceded many goals, Mm. but that's not the entire season, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting to note. But yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. Don't know about you guys, Um, but yeah. So I think with that, that's pretty much all we had to discuss today. Um, but yeah, so unless we wanted to go into like play of the year sort of stuff. Oh, true. Yeah, we can do that. And oh, here's a question: Who do you guys think has been the coach of the year so far? What do you reckon? Can't really go past Pep, can you? David Moyes, maybe. Yeah, and th- those are the two I was going to say. That'd be my my two. Brendan Rogers as well. I think you have to mention Brendan Rogers. Yeah, Leicester's mm-hmm. been great. Yeah. Um, but David Moyes, for me, probably just edges Pep a little bit just because of how bad West Ham have been. And um, well, they're nearly relegated last year. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they had I, Pellegrini come in well, after Moyes. Well, considering, and Moyes that, considering that ever since United, Moyes' career has been basically just over as a manager. Yeah. And he's come and in he, and he's just brought in a system that's working for West Ham and they've been great. What about player of the year then? Who do you think's been the best player so far? I mean, I think we know who you'll, you'll say, Lockie, but. <laughs> uh, you don't know. All right, go on then. Surprise us. Well, no, I'm just going to let you guys decide. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Brennan would be second on my player of the second? year. Second? I think Harry Kane's had a better year than Bruno. I think it will. Largely depend on how Kane finishes the season, to be honest. If Kane continues to score and assist and Spurs pick up a little bit, then I think it has to be Harry Kane. And then Bruno. But Jack Grealish is much better than both of them. The end. Well, that's just not true. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're just looking at stats alone. I think that no one expected Harry Kane to be the top assist no, no. Uh, play with eleven. I mean, if he had like eight after the first five games or something, so he's just and, been... and he's also a big name and he's English. 
Yeah. So when these awards are kind of given out, that's also taken into account. Yeah. So. Does anyone know of any young player of the year sort of options? Um, I do not want to go into that sort of detail. Vakarasaka. <clears throat> Look, there's a good show. No. Saka's been Saka's been pretty good. To be honest. Saka has been good though. You can't you can't disagree. Say, uh, what are they classified as young? Like under 23, would they say? 20, 25, isn't it? Was it 25? Really? Because didn't maybe it's 24. Right. Might be 24. Because didn't Raheem uh, Sterling win it when he was like kind of old? Yeah, but everyone thinks Sterling's old, but he's like actually really. Well, he's twenty six now. Yeah, but people think he's older than he so actually. So I is. can't remember when he won it. Because I'd, I'd say other than um, Saka, maybe uh, Harvey Barnes from Leicester. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not a bad shot. He's uh, just quietly got nine goals now in the league. I think he scored four in his last three. I want to say. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's also got five assists, so he's got. He's probably a big part by Leicester's up, up there. Him, okay, Madison, yeah. Body. Yeah, so it is twenty. It's twenty three number. Yeah, that sounds. So right. Sterling must have just been about to turn twenty four when he won it. I think. Maybe. I think that's what happened. But yeah, so. I mean, Mopay. Uh, not sorry, not Mopay. Uh, Lefty from uh, Mopay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but. Uh, I reckon, or maybe, I think if Lampy didn't get injured, uh, he just kept playing. I think he'd, he'd probably be a good shout for young player of the year. Hmm. Yeah. That's I don't know true. if there's anyone else. That... I don't know. I, I... It's tough to sure. say young player of the year. I'm not sure. I can't, can't, think of, can't think of anyone that's been. Yeah, we can't pick an Arsenal player. Arsenal have been terrible. <laughs> I think Ollie Watkins is too old. He's like 20. Five actually. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that. Other than yeah, say, Bukayo Saka, I'm really not too sure to be honest. I think even Harvey think... Barnes is a little bit too old. I'm trying to think if there's anyone that's Pedro Neto maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we'll move on. That's um basically everything that we've got for this week. So. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with something new to talk about. Um, and then from there, we'll continue on every fortnight with the show just to ease scheduling a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, then please pass on the, the podcast to your friends and family and anybody else that you think might also really enjoy the show. It really does help us grow. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Studs Up Football Show and on Instagram at Studs Up Media. We're streaming on all major platforms as well, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So there's no excuse not to be listening. We really do appreciate all your all your support. But for now, all that's left for me to do is say thank you to Lachlan Woodley. Cheers. And to Dylan Rowe. Thank you. I've been Alex Burrow. Thank you once again so much for listening, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. Cheers.